Today I want to talk to you about a topic that we all struggle with. A topic that each one of us has had to deal with probably this week, maybe even this morning. It's the topic of patience. Just think back to this last week. Have you lost your patience with anyone this week? Have you been in a situation where you were impatient waiting for something to happen? You know, I think God must have a sense of humor. Because when I decided that I was going to be preaching on patience, wouldn't you know it, I get all these opportunities to practice patience this week. For the last couple of months, we have tried to get family pictures going My daughter turned 13 last month, and she wanted to have family pictures as one of her gifts. And we were thinking, well, it's starting to get springtime. It should be beautiful outside. We can take some nice photos outside. We couldn't do it last month for her birthday, so we scheduled it for yesterday. (laughs) And wouldn't you know it, we woke up and there was snow on the ground yesterday. Now, you can't blame me exactly for the cold weather, but I think that God was trying to teach me something, saying, you know, you're going to preach on patience, I'm going to give you some opportunity to be patient. And that's the way it happens. So I was thinking about a title for this message, and, you know, I was thinking of all the, you know, different play on words, you know, we like to use alliteration a lot, so practice patience, or the power of patience And I just kind of thought, when I am the most impatient, what's the one thing I probably need to do? I need to just breathe. I need to just slow down for a second. If I'm getting worked up, if my temper's getting getting riled up at someone, I just need to stop for a second, pause, and just breathe. And so that's what I think we're going to talk about today. How we can practice patience by just simply stopping for a second and breathing. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. And thank you for this opportunity to study your word. God, there are many times where we've all lost patience with someone or something. And God, we know that your word can teach us today. So I pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to what you would have us to know. And you would show us the areas in our life that we can dedicate over to you. And that we could be more patient with people and the circumstances in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. (coughs) Developing patience is an essential life skill. I don't care what your background is. I don't care if you're here today and you don't even like believe in God. You might say that this whole church thing, it's not for me. I'm just here because someone talked me into it. I don't know why you're here today. But even if you don't believe in the Bible, you should believe that practicing patience is an essential life skill. We need it in every area of our life. Any parents in here? Can you say amen? amen? Any children in here, say amen as well. 
with our parents, with our kids, with our family members, with our coworkers, with our neighbors, with our friends. There are times where we all need to develop patience. Have you ever seen a sign like this? Thank you for your patience. Or maybe you've been somewhere and they've said that to you. Thank you for your patience. You know what's funny about that is usually when that is said to me, I'm not really being patient. Think about the times when you might be, maybe you're at the restaurant waiting for a table and they told you 15 minutes and it's been an hour. Thank you for your patience. I'm not really being patient then. Maybe you go to pick up your car at the mechanic and it was supposed to be ready today, but it's actually going to be another week because they got to order another part and you needed it today. It's tough to be patient. Maybe you're at Walmart and there's only one register open. It's hard to be patient. Maybe you're sitting at the doctor's office and they're three people behind and you've already been there like an hour past your appointment time and you still have to wait. Or maybe after the doctor's office, you pick up the phone and you're on the phone with your insurance company and they've got you on hold listening to that little music for an hour and they get back on and they say, thank you for your patience. Just breathe. Just breathe. It's difficult to be patient sometimes. So the Bible talks about two key areas in which we can practice patience. The first one is this. Patience with our circumstances. Man, this is hard. When things aren't going the way we want them to go. When our timing is not met. It's really difficult to be patient. But look at what the word says. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. This is not easy. Have you ever felt like you were in limbo? Like you were stuck between two things. You were waiting for something to happen and you were just there. You know, I imagine the disciples probably felt a lot like this. Last week we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. The reason why we're here. So Christ has risen, but he's not yet commissioned them yet. Christ has risen, but he hasn't yet ascended to the Father. Christ has risen, but he hasn't sent the Holy Spirit to descend and start the church. The disciples find themselves in a period of waiting. Waiting for what's next. Excited because of what's happened. The resurrection of our Lord is the the pinnacle of our faith. But Jesus was there 40 days before he went back to heaven. What were they doing during that time but waiting? God's timing isn't always our timing. You've heard that before. There was a man one time who was reading his Bible, and he got to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, and he got excited because he read this, and it said that a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. So this man got to thinking, wow, a day is like a thousand years. And he prayed, Lord, is that true? That 
a minute of time is like a million years to you? The Lord answered his prayer and said, yes, that's true. A minute is like a million years. And the man prayed and said, well, Lord, does that mean that a million dollars to us is just like a penny to you? The Lord said, yes, that's true. And the man said, well, Lord, would you mind giving me one of those pennies? And the Lord said, sure, just wait a minute. Let you think about that one for a second. Our timing isn't always God's timing. In fact, very rarely is it so. God uses those times of waiting to teach us and to grow us. And it's very difficult to do. The Greek word that's used here for this word, it's actually translated perseverance in the text that we read. But the word there is this word hupomone. I wrote it in there so you don't have to worry about writing it in your bulletin. It's right there in your bulletin. Hupomone. And what that essentially means is unshakable. The patience that God gives us in our circumstances is unshakable. It means that no matter what is going on, we can stand firm. Also can be translated steadfast. Cannot be crumbled. Are you currently facing any kind of a difficult situation in your life? Something that you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for and it's just not working out? Maybe you needed God to answer now and he's telling you to wait. Patience doesn't come naturally to us. That's the thing about following Christ is that it isn't natural. It's something we have to determine ourselves to do and we have to rely on something other than ourselves, something supernatural to be able to do it. See, because we're naturally selfish. It's the effect of sin in our lives and in our world. I'm naturally selfish. You're naturally selfish. We all are selfish people because of the sin in our lives. And the root of all impatience is selfishness. Think about that. The reason why you're impatient with things often is because your timing isn't met. Things aren't going the way you wanted. That person isn't doing what you thought they ought to do. They're wasting your time. When we start saying, my, 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 we're focused on ourselves. And our strength doesn't come from that. Our strength to have patience in every circumstance comes from fixing our eyes on Jesus. So our power to overcome isn't in ourselves. Our power comes from our hope. Our hope in Jesus Christ. That's how we can have patience no matter what circumstance we face. Because Jesus Christ has overcome. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, But those that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Scientists have said there's essentially three methods of flight that a bird uses. The first is flapping. Just flapping their wings to get going. You've seen birds do this all the time. You think of a hummingbird in the picture. Flaps its wings hundreds, thousands of times every minute to keep itself going. And it is effective. A hummingbird can hover and can move backwards and all that great stuff, but it's exhausting. A hummingbird constantly has to keep its wings flapping in order to stay up. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of energy. The second method of flight is gliding. Now this one's a little more graceful. This one, the bird flaps its wings and gets to a certain height and then spreads out its wings and just glides on the wind. 
The problem with that is gravity takes over. Gravity pulls the bird down, and eventually the bird has to flap its wings and get itself going back up again and just follow that same pattern. But the third way, the third way that birds can fly is by soaring. And you see the picture of the eagle there. Eagles are some of the only birds that can do this. Very few can actually do it because the eagle's wings are strong enough that they actually catch the updraft of warm air and it lifts them into the sky. The eagles rely on a power other than themselves to soar. In fact, eagles have been clocked at over 80 miles an hour simply soaring on the wind and not flapping a single feather. An eagle needs a power outside of itself in order to soar. You and I need a power outside of ourselves in order for us to soar too. We need supernatural power. We need strength from the Lord in order to do it. This is why it says it's important to wait on the Lord. Wait on his timing. Wait on his provision. Wait on his will. And if you do, he will fill you with his strength. But what does that mean to wait on the Lord? Does it mean that you just sit there doing nothing? Like twiddling your thumbs. Lord, you wait, you come, you you do something. And I just sit here and do nothing and wait for God to do everything. No, it doesn't mean that at all. There was a man who once had a dream that God told him to go outside and push on this giant boulder that was in his front yard. The man woke up and he was obedient. He went out into his yard, started pushing and pushing for weeks. Every morning he got out into his yard and he pushed and he shoved and he tried and he tried to push on this boulder, but it would not move. So finally, after weeks of doing that, the man cries out in exasperation, Lord, why did you tell me to do this? This is impossible. I have been pushing and shoving, and this boulder isn't moving. And a voice came out of heaven. The clouds thundered, and then the voice whispered into the man's ear, I didn't tell you to move the boulder. I told you to push on the boulder. I'm only the one who can move it. And I will when I'm ready and when the time is right. But I want you to look at your hands. The man looks down at his hands and he sees that they've grown tough. He looks at his arms and he sees that the muscles have grown. He's stronger. All this time that he was pushing against a boulder and thinking that nothing was happening, that it was fruitless, he was growing in his strength. And now he was starting to grow in his wisdom too. When God wants you to wait, it's not a passive thing. It's not something where you're just biding your time until God decides to move. He wants you to actively pursue him in the waiting. And what does that mean? It means do the next thing. Whatever it is. Maybe it's to pray. Maybe it's to trust in God with something that you've been holding on to. Maybe it's a financial decision. Maybe it's simply just to calm down, take a moment, and breathe. Very rarely do we actually see 
the big picture. I mean, it, it never happens. You, God doesn't lay out, here's your 10-year plan of how you're going to get from here to there, but most of the time we know what we can do next. So what is it for you? What is the next step? What is the thing you can be faithful into God right now today? Then do that. And seek him and wait for him and he will give you strength. The second kind of patience that the Bible talks about is patience with people. Now, if you thought patience with circumstances was difficult, this one is even more so. Because we all have to interact with people. We all have coworkers or bosses or teachers or classmates or family members or parents or children or friends, neighbors. We all have that person that is driving too slow in the fast lane or that person that's in the line at Walmart with all the coupons and taking forever. Or maybe there's that person that's just in the pew, just a couple of pews over from you that you are impatient with today. We all have people that we lose our patience with. In fact, there are some people that just know how to push our buttons, aren't there? They know how to make us lose it. This is very difficult. And the word here for patience is a really good one. It's a good word picture here. The word here is macrothumia, and it literally means long-tempered. Long-tempered, as opposed to being short-tempered. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but has anybody ever been accused of having a short fuse? Maybe with a certain person, a certain situation, your fuse just gets a little bit shorter. And the more and more time you spend around that person, it gets tinier and tinier. Well, the idea behind this word, this biblical patience, macrothumia, is that our fuse continues to grow longer. And again, this is not something we can do on our own strength. This isn't something that comes naturally to us because naturally we are selfish. Naturally we want our way and we want things to go according to our plans and we don't want to wait. And if somebody is inconveniencing me, if they're making me not get my way, then I'm going to lose patience with them. No, this does not come naturally to us. It comes supernaturally to us. Because impatience, like we said, is focused on self. But this kind of biblical patience is focused on others. We've got to take our focus off of me and off of this thing, whatever it is that I'm upset about, and look at the person that God put in front of us, that God created in his image, and realize that this person is more important than my wants or my desires or this thing that I'm being inconvenienced for. We have to take our focus off of ourselves and onto the other person. Because the strength to be this kind of patience, to have this kind of patience, is fueled by our love for people and our love for the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's known as the love chapter. It's read at every wedding I've ever been to. In fact, I'm going to be taking part in a wedding this afternoon and I'm going to get to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But I want you to look at what 1 Corinthians 13, just verse 4, has to say. Love is patient. 
Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. And it goes on and on. But what's the very first word there? Love is patient. See, I don't think it was a mistake. And I don't think it was a coincidence that the Apostle Paul describes love as being patient, first of all. The foundation for biblical love, for true love, is caring for other people over yourself. Impatience is self-focused. Patience is others-focused. And this is read at most weddings because I believe it's critical to understand that love is not some fleeting emotion that comes and goes based on how you feel today. That love is not some kind of far-off thing, some excitement that you get because somebody liked your post on Facebook or Instagram. Love is not some sort of this high-in-the-sky, lofty thing you fall in and you fall out of. Love is a decision. Love is a choice to treat someone else better than you treat yourself. To value them above your own wants and your needs. It is self-sacrificing. This is the love that is patient, kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, is not proud, doesn't dishonor others, does not seek for self, is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, it does not delight in evil. This love, it rejoices in the truth because it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and this love never fails. This kind of patient, self-sacrificing love is what we need to practice. Any marriage that doesn't have that kind of love is going to have trouble. Any relationship that's built on selfishness is going to fail. Whether it's a marriage, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a business partnership, if you are focused on self, if you are selfish, it is going to fail. Andy Stanley once said that your happiness can be measured by the quality of your relationships, not your prosperity and not your progress. Your happiness can be measured by the quality of your relationships. Do you want a higher quality marriage? Do you want a higher quality relationship with your kids? Do you want a higher quality relationship with your friends, with your job? Then practice patience. Practice patience with them. And it might simply start by just breathing. Now God doesn't ask us to do anything that he himself has not already done. See, God is patient with us. And this is the crux of the whole gospel. God could have snapped his fingers and started everything all over again. But God is patient with us. Psalm 103 verse 8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And that is great news this morning. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He is waiting to pour out his mercy and his grace on you and on me. But this love, this patience that the Lord has is not to be taken lightly. This isn't something that just condones everything that's ever done wrong in the world. It doesn't just pass over sin. 
Now, this kind of love has a purpose. This kind of love is meant to draw us in to the Lord, to bring us closer to him. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? The kindness of God, the patience of God is meant for our repentance. To lead us to repentance. Patience always has a purpose. God is patient with you so you can receive Christ. God wants you to be patient in your circumstance so you can become more like Christ. And God wants you to be patient with others so that they can see Christ in you. So what can I do to become more patient today? The first thing you need to do is to pray. Pray and ask the Lord for more patience. But realize this is a dangerous prayer. When you pray for patience, God will give you opportunities to be patient. He will test those limits for you. He will allow things to happen. Like I mentioned, I'm preaching on patience, and all of a sudden, I get lots of illustrations, lots of examples in my own life. And have I always been patient? Absolutely not. I have failed time and time again. And you will too. But there's always hope. There's always growth. God's not asking for perfection this side of heaven. He wants us to pursue him and grow towards him. So practice patience with that person, with that circumstance, whatever it is. If you're here today and you haven't given your life to the Lord, if you haven't been saved from your sins, here's the one thing I want you to not be patient about, making that decision. Be impatient when it comes to following the Lord. So many times I've talked to people and they say, well, I'm just not ready. The timing's just not right. I need to wait for this to happen first. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I need to make some stuff right in my life first. I need to wait for a certain person to maybe be here that can't be here. And so I'm just going to keep putting it off, putting it off until, until everything aligns and everything's perfect. Don't do that. Don't wait for the perfect situation because the perfect situation is now. To follow the Lord. You don't know what tomorrow brings. Now God is infinitely patient. With us. But. In his patience. There is a time where it will come to an end. And we don't know. When that will be. We don't know when the Lord will return. We don't know what's going to happen. When we leave this building today. So if you have a decision to make. To follow the Lord. Don't wait on it. Make that decision today. And if you say, well, he, it's too late for me. He can never use me. Look at what the Apostle Paul says about himself. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. He says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. So what I'm going to tell you, you need to trust in and you need to believe it. This is the truth. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Let me say that again. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Amen? And I am the worst of them all. He goes on to say, 
But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience to the worst of sinners. God wants to use you an example of his patience, of his love, of his mercy and grace. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter where you are today. You can be an example. And what better thing to be an example of than the mercy, grace, love, and forgiveness of Jesus Christ? You can be that example today. And the reason is not just for us. It's so that others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. God wants to use you as an example of his patience. So when you receive that patience, you're not taking it for granted. God is patient with you for a reason so that you could be saved. So that you can then be an example. Remember, in our circumstances, gives us the opportunity to grow, to become more Christ-like. With others, it gives us the opportunity to show them the love of Jesus. What possible better example could we be than one of Christ? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, We're here today because you came to save sinners. Heavenly Father, we are here today because of your patient endurance waiting for us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Heavenly Father, we're here because of you, and we honor you. So Lord, I pray if there's anyone here today that has a decision to make to give their life over to you. They would no longer wait. They would do it today. And Lord, for all of us, no matter where we are in our walk with you, no matter where we are in our stage of life, each one of us has areas we can practice patience in. Show us how we can be your example. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have a time of invitation.